Thank you. We're in the book of what? Huh? Ephesians, that's right. What can you guys tell me about the book of Ephesians? It's going to take us a while to get through it. Yeah, I already, I had planned a message last week and we already cut it, that one in half. So turned it one weeker into a two weeker. What else do we know about the book of Ephesians? Grace, it's big on grace. What's that? Yes, it is. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Not of works. Okay, good. What else do we know? Yeah, the, the town of Ephesus was known. It was a, a major business hub, a metropolitan area. It, it was a port city with a big river that went inland. And so big business was done around there. A lot of different, it was multicultural. But it was best known for its temple worship of Diana or Artemis was the name. And the whole town was all about that. They had actually, as we, you can read about in Acts, that there was a bunch of converts. And what they ended up doing was they ended up bringing millions of dollars worth of books of witchcraft and that type of thing and burning them as they were converted. They ended up burning these books and decided to follow Christ. And then even then, there was uh, some, because people stopped buying all these idols because there was a big conversion in the city, they stopped buying idols. And so what ended up happening was the people there ended up, uh, the, the townspeople ended up rioting and causing this big scene. If you remember, they went into the theater there and they were, great is the God of Diana. And, and kind, of, kind of saying, everybody in Ephesus knows how great she is. So the Christians there in the church, they're no, uh, they're no strangers to dark, evil living. So the Christians there were being inundated with a lot of, uh, give me a second, with a lot of idolatry. All right, what else? Anything else? Good job, guys. It's a letter, right? It's a letter. Paul's writing this letter. By the way, Paul was a pastor to this group of people. He pastored them for about two years. And then a, a little while later, he got put in prison or he was like on house arrest. And that's when he wrote this letter to them. So he had personally been there with them. As we get into today's message, I want to ask you to kind of think about some things, to consider some things. And this will hopefully make a little more sense as we get into the message. I don't know why it's not sizing up, Jordan, but I'm not even going to worry about that. Um, what is God's heart towards you? If you had to write that down right now and just write a few words down, what is God's heart towards you? What would be some of the first words, thoughts that would come to mind? And then do you ever feel like the only reason God loves you is because he has to? Like, well, of course he has to love me. He's God. He has to love everybody, even idiots like me. Do you ever feel like that? Maybe, maybe you do, maybe you don't. And then another question is, how does our understanding of God's love for us affect our walk with him? How does that affect our walk with him? And maybe if you want that in a little bit more relatable terms, how does a child 
being aware of or understanding a parent's love, how does that affect that relationship? If a child is doubtful or unclear about if they're loved by a parent, how would that affect that child? And if we're unclear about God's love for us, how does that affect us? And so how will it affect us if we're doubtful or confused about God's love? There's a lot of very practical things in this passage that we're looking at. As we, as we talked about before, it's, we're going to talk about election and predestination. And those are great things to study out, to try and understand. But that's not Paul's purpose in writing this. this if you remember, this first 14 verses is a praise to God. It's kind of a prayer. It's an exclamation of how good God is. His point is, God is so awesome. Look what he's done for us. The point is not, did God pick me or did I, I pick him? Oh, we need to spend decades in a, in a tail-biting session trying to figure this out, or it, sh it should cause a lot of division and arguments in the church. That's not his heart. So let's go into this with Paul's heart, which is to understand all the wonderful things that God's done for us. So as a review, it's a city of idol worship we talked about, and then we have these saints, these set-apart ones. And I, I just want to kind of give two sides. If you divide up the book into the first three chapters, it's what God had, has made us or what he's done for us. The second three chapters are how to walk in that, how to live that out. In the first, in the... We're having technical difficulties today. I don't know if it's going slow, but I'm on a different slide, Jordan. Rehook up. I'm not just setting this thing up right now. I'm getting my attitude straight while we're doing this stuff. You're like, why is he being so quiet? I'm not really upset. I just want to make sure I'm doing all right. Not sure if that's going to work. The first three chapters are talking about what God's done for us. Here's one of his prayers at the end of the third chapter. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's why I'm praying. Uh, from God, whom the whole family in heaven on earth is named, that he would grant you or he would give you according to his riches. In other words, how rich is God? That he would lavishly give you these things. And here's what he's asked. That you would be strengthened with might in the inner man. So his desire is that we would be strengthened with might, like richly strengthened, that he would be able to pour strength into us in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts. And that idea isn't just that uh, I've asked Jesus into my heart. The idea there is that Christ would be at home, that it would be, uh, if you think about it, maybe some of us have asked Christ into our life or we've, however you would want to pray, uh, put that, I've put my faith in Christ, but we've kind of maybe just contained him to a closet-sized space. And our relationship with Christ, it only affects this part of our life and the idea is that he has free abode in our hearts, that our hearts are full of Christ. Through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, catch that, that phrase there, in love, that's what he wants us to begin to understand, that we may be able to comprehend or understand with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ. He wants us to know the love of Christ. This is going to tie into what we're talking about today. 
that passes all knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So this is his prayer. He's basically saying, like, I want your eyes to be opened up to this. I want you to get how rich and full and deep and magnificent God's love is for you, the height and width and depth. I want you to be totally aware, totally comprehend God's love. That's essentially what these first three chapters and what God's done for you are all about. And then he moves into so that you can walk worthy of the calling. So we have to know what God's done for us so we can walk in it, right? And then one other thing I just want to talk about in him, in him, in him, in the beloved. Is gonna, we're going to have all these phrases. And the idea here is that it's in Christ. This is what's been made available to us. It's not because we're great people. It's not because we decided to go to the right church. It's not because we read our Bibles more than other people. It's not because... Um, you know, we burned our satanic books. It's not because we quit this habit or started that habit or, you know, quit cussing or cussing at least a lot less than we were before or whatever it is. It has nothing to do with that. It's in Christ. Jordan, we had another mishap here. It's in Christ. So as he's talking about this love, he's talking about the blessings we have. It's all in Christ. So I'm going to pray one more time. And then we're going to continue on. That was kind of our review, but uh, we're going to do a little bit more review. Father, I come before you. We thank you for your son. We do thank you for all the blessings we have. And I do even want to pray just uh, the technology glitches or uh, my presentation or my communication. I pray that nothing would really hinder or that nothing would hinder the message you want to get across today. And so I ask that through your word, through your spirit, that your word would be made clear and that it would settle into our hearts. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to read the first. I'm going to try and hook this thing up one more time. And I'm going to read the first four verses or the four verses that we've been covering. And so it says this. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We've been given every single spiritual blessing that we need. Every single spiritual blessing. There's not anything that you're short on. In other words, you're like, man, I'd really like to walk with God, but I just don't have enough of this. I'd really like to walk with God. I'd really like to walk holy, but... I don't have enough of this. He's given us every single spiritual blessing, spiritual benefit that we need. And if you think about those Ephesians who were used to this world of darkness, and they were saying uh, they have all these things available to them in Diana or in this spiritual realm. If we worship this or if we uh, you know, follow these incantations, we have all this available. Paul's going, no, you really have every single spiritual blessing. That's... That's garbage compared to what you have in Jesus Christ. And so we've been given every spiritual blessing. That is something important for us to embrace. We need to wake up in the morning and, and say, I have what I need, not in myself, but in Christ. I have been given everything that I need to walk with him today. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you have every single thing that you need because of Jesus Christ? If you don't believe it, Believe it just by faith. Put your trust in God's word and what God says. 
He said, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world so that we would be holy and without blame before him in love. We talked a little bit about this last week. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but this is that whole doctrine of election. So when he talks about chosen, the idea of is kind of he chose these people to be holy and blameless. And you say, well, I thought we chose him. Yes. Did God choose us? Yes. Well, did God choose me or did I choose him? Yes. You can say, well, you got to pick a lane, man. I have picked my lane. My lane is, it's both, and I could go to God's word, and we could argue both. And you could say, but it's more this, it's more that. One of these days when we're in heaven, we'll understand these things. We'll understand the Trinity. Uh, we'll understand things like God being 100% God, 100% man, all at the same time. Until then, we'll probably wrestle with them. I'm going by what I see in God's word, and I do understand the arguments. Some are saying, well, called means called to service, or chosen means chosen for service. And pre I don't know how to, we could belabor that beyond belief. All I know is Paul's point here is praise God. It doesn't say praise you for the decision you made to cho choose. The idea here in this specific passage is praise God for what he's done. Our salvation is a result of what God has done through his son, Jesus Christ, not a result of anything we do. We access all of that through belief, and that is open to whoever. If you here want to be among the called or the chosen, and you have a desire to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation, you are a chosen one. I don't know. God is outside of time. He sees it all. We're seeing, was it this first or that first? God's not asking those. He's he sees it all. And so our little mini minds here trying to figure it out, I don't think we can figure it out. I understand the arguments. Uh, and I personally, I would encourage you, if you want to dive into it, study it, get more conviction on one side or the other, do that. It's a great thing to dive into. My personal conviction is it's really, really both. And both are taught in Scripture. God chose me, but I choose him. Um, so beyond that, I want to get to what I feel like is the heart of this passage. The heart of the passage isn't, well, which is it? Is it more this? Is it more that? He said that he's willing that none should perish. He is. And whosoever, yes, he, it's true. But then he also says about the called ones. And, the, and so I don't want to get into all that. If we look at the heart of this, it's we were chosen to be holy and without blame. The idea there is a, of a sacrificial lamb that was without spot, without blemish. And so this isn't like, hey, clean up your lives because you're expected to be one without spot, spot and blemish. No, what he's saying here is this, this isn't an expectation. It's a declaration. God chose you and made you clean. He forgives us, which washes away. And then he fills us up with his righteousness. So not only do we have a clean slate, we have a positive slate. We've been given the very righteousness of God. So again, Paul's trying to get this message home. Here's what God's done for you. Here's who, who God has made you. And he's going to get on to him later about walking in it. But what he wants him to know is you've been chosen to be holy and blameless. You have been given this. And then I believe, I believe this term in love goes with the next part of the verse. Having predestined us, so there's another one of those theological hot-button terms, 
to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. We're going to talk about that today. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Having predestined us, that's predetermined, having uh, given us a destiny, so to speak. And, and that destiny, I, if, if you kind of looked at it like this, chosen is kind of the ones that were picked or elect. This is how most people would describe it. So if I said, I'm going to elect or choose five people out of here, and I pick, uh, you know, I pick Michelle, David, Carly, um, Robbie, I don't know if that's four or five, Jordan, you have been selected, you have been chosen, you have been elected, you are the ones I've picked for this predetermined thing, and the predetermined thing is lunch at Valley Luna today. <laughs> so I picked your des I picked you for a particular destiny or a destination. So in other words, it would be you people are picked to go on this flight to end up in this place. And so that's kind of the idea here. And so what is the destiny he's talking about that we've been chosen and made holy for? And blameless, we've been made holy and blameless to this destiny. Adoptions, adoption as sons by Jesus Christ. So that's the destiny that he has given us. He's given us that end game and I want to just kind of talk for a minute about this. Let me see. We'll get back to the according to the good pleasure of his will and the other part to the praise of his glory. If you look at this verse and kind of break it down, in love he predestined us. It was in love. It wasn't an obligation. It was like, oh, man, I'm forced to pick a few, but I guess I'll... And let me also say this. On the choosing, he doesn't choose some for heaven, some for hell. Nowhere in scripture is that taught, that he chooses any for hell. That's man's choice. Again, a conundrum when we try and figure it out. But he predestined us, here's to what? To adoptions as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of will, his will. Because he wanted to. It was his good pleasure. It wasn't because someone was twisting his arm. It wasn't because he had to. It was his decision that pleased him to his own good pleasure. It makes God happy. It brings God joy. It brings God pleasure to make you his child. And some of you that may be like, oh, man, that's hard to believe because I just felt like I was just a big pain in the rear to my folks. That's not true of God. To the praise of his glory, another reason why he does it, he does it because he wants to and makes him happy to do that. The other is because it shows how magnificent his grace is. It demonstrates how wonderful the grace of God is. So here we have what he does for us. He gives us a destiny to be called his adopted children. Why? Because it makes him happy to do that. And it also showcases his grace. So let's continue. On. I want to just kind of talk about election is who did he choose, predestination for what did he choose us to be made his holy and blameless sons. Now, when you read this, it says adoption as sons. Really, the scripture doesn't have the word adoption in there. It's really for sonship. 
we understand that as adoption. And I want to talk a little bit about the difference of, so why did he pick that? Why didn't he say your children make us his children, which other places in scripture talk about that? So really, typically, being a son communicates more the legal aspect, sonship. So it's like, this is a declaration, it's a legal binding, and that's kind of why they put in the word adoption there, because we understand that as being a formal arrangement that is uh, lock solid. And typically, when you use the word child, it, which is communicated in scripture, it means more the relational aspect. Scripture uses both terms, you know, as it talks about, um, uh, it talks about the fact that we can call him Abba, Father, kind of like Daddy. Like, it does talk about that, and it calls us his children, children of God. So there is that relational aspect. I believe what's being highlighted here a little more is that he, in love, made us formally, legally binding his kids. Does that make sense? So it's, it's the idea. He chose us and predestined us for sonship or daughtership. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will because it pleased him to do this. And what I want to do is we're going to show a little video here in just a second. And uh, Jordan's going to get that set up. I really want to highlight this part of the message because I believe that this is part of the heart. I got it on, off YouTube, but it's a someone put it on from TikTok, and it's this song that talks about step parents or people that have kind of taken in somebody as a son or a daughter that relationship, and as the song plays, it's like four or five different times they're going to go through these, and, and it's people that have heard it for the first time together, like a kid and a stepdad or whatever it would be. So I'm not so much hitting on the legal aspect here. What I'm hitting on through this video is the part that talks about in love he chose us, he picked us, because we have people here who have stood in as step-parents, who have adopted who are thinking about adopting. I personally, I, some of you know my story a couple years ago, realized that the dad who I thought was my birth dad all along, I realized wasn't my birth dad. Very confusing time. And all of a sudden, a year and a half, two years ago, realized I wasn't even born with the name I've gone with. I just realized as, as a 50-year-old man, I'm Richard Douglas Cantrell Jr. That's who I have called myself but I was born Lawrence Richard Cheever. And I've tried to, I don't even know if I was formally adopted. I tried to get the, my birth records. I can't get a hold of them. I'm getting cloudy information from my mom. But I do know this. The dad that took me in and made me his own gave me his name. I'm Richard Douglas Cantrell Jr. That's been my identity. And it's not... Uh, it can be confusing, but that's my identity. Legally, that's my identity. I don't know all, and he made a choice to do that. It wasn't even that I was born to him. It was that he made a choice. And that's the point I want us to understand here, 
is that God made a choice to pick you. As we watch this video and we go over this, this the, if you would try and connect to the, the part, and you, all the words aren't biblical and all that, so I'm not going to try and parse out the song. But if you could get the heart of what's happening here and just kind of watch some of the responses and reaction of these fathers and sons or father and daughter and begin to understand God's heart towards you in the choosing and because he wanted to. And if maybe even you think if you've done that on behalf of somebody else, a stepkid or whatever you would call it, a half child or, or uh, maybe just even informally, you know, we've kind of taken in and adopted so-and-so as our kid. Or maybe somebody has done that for you, as, as I can relate to that. Somebody doing that for me, becoming my father who wasn't really originally my father. So if you would, just go ahead and check this out and we'll talk a little bit more about it. He ain't got my smile that don't bother me a bit. He's got somebody else's eyes I'm seeing myself in. I'm holding on to every moment. God knows I've missed a few. The day we met, I knew I had some catching up to do. He ain't my blood, ain't got my name, but if he did, I'd feel the same. I wasn't there for his first steps, but I ain't missed a ball game yet. And that ain't never gonna change. I can never walk away. Yeah, he's my son, and that's my choice. He ain't my blood, but he's mine. He's mine, boy. He ain't got my smile that don't bother me a bit. He's got somebody else's eyes I'm seeing myself in. I'm holding on to every moment. God knows I've missed a few. The day we met, I knew I had some catching up to do. He ain't my blood, ain't got my name, but if he did, I'd feel the same. I wasn't there for his first steps, but I ain't missed a ball game yet. And that ain't never gonna change. I can never walk away. Yeah, he's my son, and that's my choice. He ain't my blood, but he's mine. He's mine, boy. He ain't got my smile that don't bother me a bit. He's got somebody else's eyes I'm seeing myself in. I'm holding on to every moment. God knows I've missed a few. The day we met, I knew I had some catching up to do. He ain't my blood, ain't got my name. But if he did, I'd feel the same. I wasn't there for his first steps, but I ain't missed a ball game yet. And that ain't never gonna change. I can never walk away. Yeah, he's my son, and that's my choice. He ain't my blood, but he's mine. He's mine, boy. He ain't my blood, ain't got my name, but if he did, I'd feel the same. I wasn't there for 
see there's a common response in those videos isn't there why why do you think there's such a consistent response because there's true love there and it was a decision to love that's what I think Paul is getting at in this in this passage here not let's argue about who picked who the idea is that we've been brought into the family of God. We've been made his children because he wanted to. He loved and wanted to. It made him happy to do that, just as, it is, as we see those videos. And that it glorifies his grace, as it talks about. If we continue to look, it says, to the praise of the glory of his grace. In other words, it demonstrates how magnificent his grace is by which he made us accepted in the beloved. So he made us acceptable because of his grace, the undeserved gift. But I want you to see, because I don't think this is the best translation, accepted. Accepted is like, I'll accept that. The word accepted is kind of a variation on the word grace, and it has, in fact, Lorelai and I were kind of going back and forth. The word grace can kind of have some different nuances to it, and this is the same root word, but the idea here is one who is charming and lovely. Kind of like we would say that someone, boy, he's full of grace. And so the idea here is that he made us charming and lovely to him. I don't know if you feel charming and lovely to God, but that's what scripture says. Because of what Jesus Christ has done. I don't know what your background is. I don't know all the details of what goes on in your heart and in your mind. But I know this, in order for us to know how to walk properly with God, we have to understand that he loves us, that we've been made his children. And it was because he wanted to make us his children, not because he had to make us his children. And that we are now beyond ex uh, just being accepted, but we are lovely to him. We bring him pleasure. Is that good news? That's a gospel message, and it's all because of Jesus Christ. Not because it's not even based on us being good kids. It's because he is good. It all originates with him. 
So I just want to ask you, do you believe the things we've talked about today? Do you believe them for yourself? If you have some reasons why not, I would say trust this more than you trust your reasoning. Because God says it, it's true. You may say, well, I don't feel it. Don't trust that. Trust this. This is way more stable than your feelings. This has endured thousands of years. Your feelings change hourly or minutely. Why is this important? Why is this important for you to buy into this? Why is it important for you to know it, to understand it, and to buy into it? It's vital to your relationship. Just like if I said a kid is doubting or doesn't understand a parent's love, it's going to drastically affect and have ripple effects in that relationship and in that kid's life. We have to get this message, guys. We have to buy into it. And I'll tell you, the evil one in our own flesh is constantly fighting this very message, the grace of God and the love of God. And then when we buy into the grace of God and the love of God, it changes our life and it changes our walk. And so as I talked about last week, we have some application here. So what do I do? I would say meditate and celebrate. Meditate on these truths, that they're true, they're from God's word, they're about you. Sam, during the day, I've been given every spiritual blessing. I was one of the ones who was chosen to be holy and beloved so that I could be made a son or a daughter of him because he wanted to, because he loved me. I'm a recipient of his grace, and therefore I'm a favored one is kind of the idea of that. I'm one of the favored ones. I'm charming to him now. I'm not repulsive to God. I'm charming to him because of Jesus Christ. Celebrate that. Praise God. That would be the application. Spend some time meditating. Spend some time celebrating on these verses here. I'm going to pray one more time, and we're going to sing a song together. I would encourage you to worship in this song. I, I chose this song because I feel like it connects to the message well. And so I'd ask that you would just let these truths, let the words of the song, let the words of Scripture penetrate your heart. Some of us know these things in our mind, but it needs to penetrate our heart. I would ask you, you can't force that, but just tell God, I want to open my, my heart to you and to these truths. Will you leak them into my heart or flood them into my heart today? Father, we come before you. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the relationship that we can have and do have because of the work of your son. It's not by our works, not by our merit or that we deserve it. And it's not because you had to or just were forced to. It's because you love us and you were willing to do what it takes, what it took to make us your children. We love you. We pray these things in the name of our precious Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>